Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. At the Bottom of a Well by Enola Chamberlain My brother and I had no business being anywhere near the well a farmer was digging in a field. But my brother was upset with his friends, and he told me he was going to run away for good. I didn't like the thought of never seeing my older brother again, so I followed him. The two of us, ages nine and six, trudged along until we were beyond the farthermost house of our little town, and then we walked on out over a country road. After we'd gone about two miles, I started crying and begging my brother to go home, but my brother crawled under a fence into a field and started to run. I stumbled after him as fast as my short legs and my continual crying would let me, but soon I gave up, sat down, and cried. After what seemed like a very long time, my brother came back. If you'll stop crying, I'll show you something, he said. Wiping the tears from my face, I jumped to my feet and followed him, and there, out of sight of any house, we came to a well. Boards had been laid loosely across the top of the hole. A windlass stood above it with a rope leading down and out of sight between two boards. My brother removed the boards from one side, and we looked down into the dirt pit, perhaps twelve feet deep. I'll pull up the bucket, my brother said, and give you a ride in it. He unfastened the crank from a leather holder and began to turn the windlass. He had to stand on some wood in order to hold the crank when it was at the top of the turn. When he got the wide-mouthed bucket to the top, I crawled inside. My brother let the handle slip until I was halfway down. Then he started to pull me up, but his weight and strength were not equal to the job. After a while, he couldn't even hold me. I went down in little jerks until the bucket hit the bottom. It was dark down in the pit, and I was frightened. I screamed to be pulled up. When nothing happened, I screamed louder. What my brother should have done was go for help, even though he would have had to go a long way since there were no houses in sight. But he didn't want anyone to find out for fear of being punished, and he was afraid my screaming would bring someone. He had to stop me somehow. My brother fastened the windless crank and took hold of the rope. He thought he would let himself down easily, but his arms were tired. He came down fast, burning the palms of his hands. If you stop screaming, I'll get you out, he told me. I quieted down, and my brother started to climb back up the rope. He might have made it if his hands had not been so sore, but he tried and tried until he was exhausted. It was pitch dark now, and the sky we could see above us was a night sky. I didn't realize how serious our situation was, but my brother did. He could tell that no one had been working on the well for weeks, perhaps months, and that it might be months more before anyone came around. He also knew that although our folks and everyone in town would be hunting for us, they would have no idea where we were. Holler as hard as you can, he told me. We shouted and shouted, the sound filling the space around us, but after a few minutes we realized that no one could hear us. My brother started yelling at me that it was all my fault because I'd followed him. We're going to die right here. No one can save us, he shouted. The word die and save made me remember something that had happened a few months before. Our two-year-old baby sister had become very sick, and the doctor had given up all hope. Our folks sent us, sobbing uncontrollably, to a neighbor who quieted us, washed our tear-streaked faces, and set us on our knees beside a couch. 
We must ask God to save your sister, she said, kneeling down beside us. Just say, please, God, save our sister. She prayed silently, but my brother and I prayed out loud, saying over and over, please, God, save our sister. I believe that our prayers reached God, and he honored them, because it was at the time we were praying that our sister started getting better and lived. As we stood in that dark pit, I said to my brother, maybe we should ask God. This made him remember too, so both of us began to ask God to save us. For a long time we said the words quietly as we had done before. Nothing happened. Maybe he can't hear us from down here, I said. Maybe we should talk louder. So we did. At first we talked in normal tones, then presently we were shouting. We yelled so loud the words seemed to be bumping around in the narrow enclosure. Please, God, save us! Please, God, save us! we screamed. I was getting hoarse and exhausted and beginning to cry along with my shouting when my brother put a hand over my mouth. Then I heard what he had heard, the barking of a dog. So what? A dog couldn't get us out of the well. But my brother knew that where there was a dog, there would probably be a person. We're down here! Down in the well! he called. The dog was now right above us, barking furiously. Still no one came. Then we heard a man's voice telling the dog to come back. Yell, my brother said. We both yelled. Then the man's voice was right above us along with the dog's barks. What's down there, he asked. We're down here, my brother answered. Please save us, God. Please save us, I kept shouting. Stay right there. I'll be back, the man said. It's all right now. It's all right, my brother said, trying to stop my wailing. Then there was a lantern. Then came a ladder. Finally, the man climbed down and carried us out. Though the whole town was searching for us, the man was on his way into town from a more distant farm and had not heard of our disappearance. The well was abandoned, I heard him say. No one might have come near it for months. If it hadn't been for my dog... And that was the last I knew until morning. Some people may say that it was just our shouting that brought the dog. But to me, this experience was one more bit of evidence that God hears and answers our prayers. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.